Hello everyone, Jack Reeve and Benjamin Bloom here. We're back for another Reeve and Bloom episode. I want to start this episode by saying thank you. Thank you to everyone who's been watching. I've been really humbled by all of your lovely comments on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you've been watching. Um, ben, it's been a really positive start for this, hasn't it? It has, but according to Twitter, you're not a humble person though, Jack. Is, is this based off of Simon <laughs> Jordan um, backlash? I've got no, I've got no idea, but oh, right. <laughs> uh, um, no, it's been, it's been, it's been great, hasn't it? Um, and we're, we're still looking for topics and um, things to talk about. It's funny though, Jack, because we put the Q and A thing, thinking, oh, what do people want? They really want Ipswich Norwich stuff, they don't do, they? Don't <laughs> they? <laughs> Which is it's funny because when we, when we sort of finished um, the, the episode last week, we had our little debrief if you want to call it that after we were like we've probably done all of Ipswich Norwich now and then like you say all of the questions pretty much are based on Norwich and Ipswich the hunger for that topic is still very much there well there we go and the Athletic have gone with um, something about ITV digital collapsing um, today so I'm sure all of Ipswich Town Twitter today is going to be bemoaning being relegated in the season and uh, like the the Blue Monday WhatsApp group is already going, oh my God, we get relegated at the worst time. They get promoted at the best time. Oh I'm really my. intrigued. You've mentioned the Blue Monday WhatsApp chat a few times. Is it just yeah. constant kind of feeling sorry for yourselves in terms of Ipswich? Do you know what I think the Blue Monday WhatsApp chat is? I think it's the stuff that the people in the Blue Monday group want to say on Twitter, but know better. So they say, <laughs> say privately. I mean, to be honest, there's um, without slapping our slapping our backs, we we actually we actually get some quite good um, stuff, and they're all very good at not say you know, yeah, not saying the. I'm sure you get you get you know tip offs and and whatnot, but no, it's um, I I take the mick out of it. We um we we go back and forth with each other, but it's a good place to share information. It's a good little think tank, if that's not a horribly David Brent um, <laughs> term. And sometimes Jack, you know, you do, you do need to write the email out, read it, print it off and then not send it. Don't you? And I think, yeah, the, well, that's remarkably wise in this, uh, in this day and age to do that. I think it's good to have that release. I, I do remember actually, I think it was ahead of one of the East Anglian derbies. You tipping me off the team news couple of minutes before it was released i was very chuffed about that yeah there you go Um, do you have a tnc uh, whatsapp group we do um so it's me chris max who sort of films and edits for us sometimes and emma who does our graphic design um yeah some of the stuff we put in there is is repeatable most of it (laughs) um so (laughs) we'll leave it at that i think (laughs) i i I think we need to exchange screenshots but that might throw a few throw a few people under the under the bus mightn't it yeah possibly i just want to quickly um there were a few comments on our last um on our last episode sam gaffney said would love to hear your greatest norwich and ipswich teams of all time would love more content it's keeping me going during these times um without norwich city thanks jack and ben thanks to Sam and Expo Gaming said would love a discussion on the financial ramifications for the clubs if the EFL were to play with no crowds until 2021. I think you've done a few bits of the, the, like the, pro- the problem is that I love talking about football finance and Jack hates it. So <laughs> I don't mind it. It's just it always comes back to, oh, if it only Ipswich had the parachute payments. Oh, no, it's not if Ipswich <laughs> had the payments. Do you know what I'm going to do? Um, actually, I'm speaking to Kieran Maguire on Friday. I'm going to actually add up the um i'm gonna 
re um, re ratchet it. So I'm going to join all the solidarity payments and the parachute payments and divide them fairly. And okay. ask Kieran Maguire, would that work better? And if he says no, I'll shut up about the parachute. <laughs> I'll shut up about the parachute payments. But it, ridiculously, because we're we're football fans, we should be talking about corners and free kicks and goals. But genuinely, the number one biggest factor in Championship football, which I cover, is parachute payments, and whether we like it or not. Yeah, definitely. That comment came on the Talk Nerd City video. So if um, you want some good financial discussion, go over to Ben's channel. Link <laughs> go to Kieran's yeah. podcast with Kevin Hunter, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I did see, I'm sure you've covered it as well, Ben, that Colchester have had to release yeah. a few players. Frank Newble being one of them. I mean, that's an East Anglian club that's already been hit. Um, a fairly well-established football club. I know they're not mm. sort of haven't been in, in the top divisions for a little while, but well, we it, both our clubs got two there. of our best managers from Colchester, um, mm. didn't we? Got Burley from Colchester, and you got Lambert. Yeah, I mean, it's that, that surely there's only that, that that's going to be the first of many, isn't it? In, in that kind of format of what's happened there. Yeah, so I mean, you can look at Colchester, look at Luton as well, because the decision there, and you would have probably been at Luton pre-season wouldn't you for, yeah, the, yeah. for the friendly down there um they've taken the manager out and basically said well, well I, I forget what the i did a video on actually i forget what the quote said but we'll review when the landscape is clearer so they've basically yeah. put the management team of their club into hibernation um we've so got has that... he been stacked or not he's gone yeah he's, he's he won't gone, be coming yeah. back well the thing with luton though is they've got mick harford there who's um yeah. like um Gary Bowyer at um, Blackburn or who's the one at Forest who always comes in and manages them about. So they've got Mick Harford to do it, but they've effectively gone into hibernation and we've got these contract issues as well. Like you mentioned, um, uh, Frank Newell did have a um, less than amazing run at Ipswich, didn't he? But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from, from um, Newblay apparently. Newblay is it? Yeah. Let's Hello. just call him Big Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Big Frank. That's the most football banter thing ever. You'll be taking the mic out of my clothes in a minute. Yeah. Um, no, you're gonna you're gonna see it, aren't you? And I, I suppose it makes it makes sense. And I, I guess the one thing is that um, hopefully works out for the players um, is that there'll be a lot of them that will get get released, but then they will get taken. Do you know what I mean? They will get taken back when things when things happen. But you know that. Obviously, it's um, a hierarchy, isn't it? So the best players that get released will then get, um, you know, taken on. But effecti- effectively, though, Jack, if they're free agents, anyone can sign them. Yeah. Although yeah. that might be the least um, <laughs> sort of good PR that any club could ever do in, um, yeah. you know, picking up, uh, picking up. And I say that knowing that the Norwich Luxembourg guy was done in January, wasn't it? It was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that wasn't a dick, don't worry. No, it's fascinating. I was listening to a podcast that Sol Campbell did with um with Colin Murray, and one quite, of the quotes. Is he re- quite smart, Jack? Sol Campbell. He, he comes across as a bit eccentric. I can't quite work him out. I can't quite work him out. But one of the lines that really stuck with me is he said, "We don't want to be used as guinea pigs." And mm. I think it's so like we people are speaking of football as if they're superhuman. They can't catch coronavirus, and it won't affect them. And the only way I can see football returning in the near future is if we literally lock them down in sort of airtight accommodation for months on end and just play the games out. Other than that, people are going to be returning home to families. There's there's a massive infrastructure that goes behind just getting a football match on. There's so many people affected in this. And until there's a vaccine and there's the, the cases are dropping, 
I don't think there'll be a return. And that's why my notifications this morning are filled with Leeds fans, because I said <laughs> the season has to be null and voided. And so did Simon Jordan. I did agree with him. It, one of the few times I've agreed with Simon Jordan. Anyway, let's get into some questions, shall let's we? Shall I, start with, um, shall I start with one from, from my Twitter, Ben? Yeah, go for it. And we'll, we'll okay. rotate, shall we? Yeah, cool. So Sam Pitcher asks, if you could go back to any era and watch any game from the history books, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, so it doesn't have to be Ipswich or Norwich? It doesn't have to be. No, I've gone, I have gone with a Norwich game for my answer, but you can it, pick whatever you like. It would probably be the... It's, this, I'm such a glutton for punishment. It would probably be the England-Argentina... Maradona game which ultimately oh, we're really? gonna we're gonna lose and see the um I just I you know kind of aware I was aware of football a few years after that and um I don't know there's just something about Maradona don't don't get me wrong I love Messi and Ronaldo but there's something about a fallible you know like yeah. Gascoigne <laughs> or Ronaldinho or someone something like a fallible genius and I, I apparently you know from what Lineker said and Peter Reid and all the all the quotes he was just like an absolute force of nature and I think there's sort of 100,000 people in there and the handball goal and um, we nearly get it back to 2-2 at the end and yeah so I'll go, I'll go for 86 World Cup um, was it quarterfinal was, wasn't it yeah quarters yeah that's a good yeah. answer uh, mine's slightly less um, um, sort of well known across the world mine was the Bayern Munich game in which Norwich oh, were in Europe I right. mean me and Chris always say on, on TNC how we'd love to see Norwich in Europe. Like, I really hope that if we do ever get to that position, I'll be in a situation to just sort of drop what's going on and just fly. Oh, to you'll find a way, don't worry. <laughs> or something just to make it. It just feels so wonderful. Whenever I've gone to Germany for, for pre-season, it just feels so good watching your club in another country. Um, and that game to beat Bayern Munich in their own backyard must have been special. 1993, Gossie and Bowen. Um, yeah, that would have been. Bowen scored in that game. You forget that, yeah. don't you? Jeez, how I many know. goals did he ever score for Norwich? Christ. Yeah. I mean, we, were, we went 2-0 up. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah, it has to be that game for me. 1993. I love to have just experienced it. To be honest, I wouldn't have even wanted to be in the ground if I couldn't have got a ticket just to be in in Munich that would have been amazing right they, next they question. can get into Europe by winning the fair play league can't you yeah you can yeah, yeah. so just don't tackle anyone for the <laughs> for the entire season and you'll definitely because we got relegated and got into got into Europe was that that must have been the fair play because we were we were in Europe and in the second tier in 2002 2003 yeah, yeah. I know but, Wigan did it didn't they they were in Europe yeah. in the championship yeah There's yeah. Oh, did they really Odd ones like that. Did Wigan win the cup and get relegated in the same season? Yeah, they yeah, did. That's incredible. But that's the whole debate of would you win a trophy and be relegated? You've got to go for the trophy, haven't you, surely? Yeah, I think so. And then, <laughs> and then Europe the next season. Although your season basically starts in like July, doesn't it, for Europa League qualification? Oh, my God. Yeah. And so it, you're it playing brutalized, like games. brutalized us when we were in. You have to be good to cope with Europe. I mean, just, yeah. there's, there's a reason why these two. Who was it went to Atletico Madrid? I think it might have been like Bolton or something and just sent the reserves or something. Like that. It might have even been Stoke or something crazy like that. But yeah. I always laugh that um, TNS from the from the Welsh Premier League always get in the Champions League, <laughs> don't they? And I, I can remember it was like 2005 and Liverpool rocked up there in like July and you had Xabi Alonso and Steven Gerrard having come off the back of, of winning it, I think. 
Amazing. Uh, playing at playing at the new Saints. Yeah, amazing. Next question. Um, can I give you this one, Jack? This one's from YouTube from Sean. Um, just because it's um, a bit outside of our normal sphere. Well, no, you're Premier League, aren't you? Um, opinions on the Newcastle takeover, mainly the fans' embrace of MBS. I assume MBS is this. So this is um, Saudi money. So first of all, about it not being Mike Ashley and then about it being Saudi. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know enough about the, the, the people or the organisation putting the money in. I know that the, the money where it's sourced from... You is mean you're starting. not going to talk about something political without all the information, Jack? What is this? <laughs> Do you not know how the world works today? <laughs> um, what I have thoroughly enjoyed is seeing the true Geordie sort of lose his head over the, over the news <laughs> that they might be signing like... Philippe Coutinho and Champions League footballers are basically guaranteed. What I can assure you is the save on Football Manager next season is going to be a lot of fun with Newcastle and all that money in the bank. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Look, Mike Ashley, we all know what he's about. Very shrewd businessman, but maybe not um, the, the nicest of, of, of people. I'm trying to put this in, in the most political way possible. Um but yeah, I, look, has it actually gone through yet? I've seen a lot of sort of people saying that broadcasters might try and block it. Um, what will be fascinating is to see another club sort of break into that top six um, with a bit of cash behind them. The, the one thing I do know is that Newcastle are a massive club. Whenever we've gone up there with in the Championship or the Premier League, they're always followed by tens and tens of thousands of people, a massive stadium. The city is brilliant. Like I love Newcastle. I love the people. What they do deserve is good football and they deserve success. How that success comes is maybe uh, is a different argument. And I'm, I'm going to have to look into, into the kind of Saudi regime slightly more. I know it's not the best, um, but look, football has never been funded by, by the best of money, has it? No, it's, it's just, I mean, there's so much on it, isn't it? Because it's effectively like, you know, any business in the world. Where where do you where do you take your where do you take your money from? There's an argument that any, any money is evil at some point. The the real interesting thing is that I think is the parallel to to Ipswich because um, you've got Mike Ashley and you've got Marcus Evans, right? And if football was in any way normal or sensible, they are both good owners, as in they run the club kind of responsibly so it'll still be there next season everything's done on kind of pound shillings and pence and it's just so weird because I was listening to the Sunday supplement talk about it um and then in the same breath these these journalists are saying oh but the Geordies they just want a dream and it's like which which one is it you know is it gambling a load of gambling a load of money but yeah it'll be it'll be very interesting it's a I hope it's I hope it's good for them because, like you say, I think I think in the country there's a few kind of brilliantly supported clubs, you, you know, where it's it's different than you know even like Newcastle, you'd have ahead of more successful sides like like yeah, Chelsea, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, absolutely. for for support. So it'll be it'll be very interesting. But um, the other the other thing we kind of have to take into consideration here is. Newcastle have an identity, I think, at the moment. They have a culture about them. What you don't want to lose is the money pouring in, and that's great, and that will bring success on the pitch eventually. But if you lose a bit of the kind of culture off the pitch... And or try to change it, it too quickly. Where, yeah, all that sense yeah. of belonging kind of goes, then what's the point of, of supporting, you know? And that's always been the big thing for me. There's always that discussion with Norwich fans being like, well, could we attract 
someone with more money and then people are like well if someone you know comes can, in and can we parlay that into another question jack yeah go for it um amazingly this is from liam nufc on youtube so presumably he's a newcastle fan is it time for norwich to sell because norwich will always be a yo-yo team i think we touched on this a couple of times about michael and and delia and how that would work and i'm sure they would sell if it was to the right yeah to the right guy wouldn't they what do you think they've said that if the right offer comes in that they'll sell but they've never had the right offer come in and i think when you look at there was a table published the other week and I'm sure it's commonly available of like where the owners rank in terms of how much wealth they have behind them. And Delia and Michael are right at the bottom. I think followed next by Burnley, the owners of Burnley, they're worth about 20 million pounds. Um, you compare that to the Saudi regime that's just come in at Newcastle. We're talking tens of billions of pounds behind them. So it's a massive difference. What Norwich fans have to realize is we can, we, we, Good enough for the championship, sometimes too good, which means we're then promoted into the Premier League. And sometimes we're just about good enough for the Premier League. Often we're, we're not quite good enough. And we've seen that we've tried to gamble it before to stay in it. with signing Naismith, signing players on big, big contracts and just trying as hard as we can to chuck everything at it and hoping it worked. It didn't work and it sent us into a situation that we never want to be in again in terms of right up against him. And we've talked before that the sale of James Madison kind of almost saved Norwich City. So we don't want to be in that position before. I enjoy being a Norwich fan. I enjoy being a yo-yo club to, to some extent. I enjoy the championship more at this present moment than the Premier League because we're more competitive. I prefer the away days. There's so much more about it. I won't go into it all. I don't know at the moment if there are better owners suited to Norwich City than Delia and Michael. There will come a stage when they will have to sell. I just hope that they get it right. And I'm sure that they will get it right. It also takes someone wanting to buy Norwich. I mean, they're probably not the most attractive club to purchase. They're stuck out on a limb. In terms of growth, there's probably not much more. We've got the whole catchment area already. So there's not really too much chance to bring in new fans. So, look, I'm sure there will be people interested Will it make us suddenly a whole lot better and take us into the top 10 of the Premier League, which is probably the next step up? Probably not. So at the moment, I'm happy. Um, And I guess it depends what you want from your football club. Do you want just on-field success and not much else? Then probably we need to sell. If you kind of just go because you like what the club's about and what it does in the community, then we're kind of the best in, in the business at that, I think. Well, if you speak to West Brom fans as well, Jack, they've they've enjoyed the last couple of seasons more than constantly churning out 15th, 13th, yeah. 17th, etc., etc. And I think it takes so much more money to take. I was you just going to say that. It's, well, like yeah, you kind of hop between the Championship and the Premier League on not much cash. I think. I mean, we've seen you know a lot smaller teams than Norwich go up to the Premier League. To then break into that next level, you ne- you're needing to spend like £60 million a-, a transfer window, which is suddenly a massive step up to what we've got at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's a really tough one. Um, but Delia and Michael have said that they'll sell if the right offer comes in. Yeah, it would, and it would have to. I mean, it, it's strange, isn't it? Because you see like Michael Dell, um, the American billionaire, mm. in- interested for Derby. And it's, it's almost like they... They want the championship team where they can boost the revenue from nothing to massive yeah. more than they want 
Burnley or Norwich, isn't it? It's it's like yeah. they want to they want to take it right through, and it must be a stocks thing, mustn't it? It must be the percentage it increases rather than you know rather than what they've got. But I can't see how I I know um Derby historically you know they've won they've won the title as recently as the seventies, and I suppose the location is brilliant and the grounds a bit bigger, but. But Norwich Derby, Derby Norwich, Norwich Derby. Wouldn't... Similar, isn't it? A similar, but if you've, I mean, you, I don't know the exact numbers, but Derby seems to have had more money than Norwich over the last sort of ten years. And oh, they've Norwich, tried everything. They've tried yeah, absolutely everything. Success has, has been far greater. So, yeah, it's a tough one, and everyone's seen the kind of journey of, of Sunderland over the past few years, thanks to the Netflix documentary. And they had some money behind them. They had two people that seemed like they they deeply cared about. Them. Didn't work for them. So, just quickly, Jack, tough. what what is the upside for Norwich attendances? If it, it, but let me paint this hypothetical scenario. Say, I don't know, a new owner does come, and there's two, three seasons in the Premier League, and they, you know, bank that money, can build a new stand. What if? What realistically do you think? Do you think they can they can draw? Well, we can. I mean, we sell out each week now, and we were selling out each week in the Championship. So. 27,000 is a doddle. I think we could push it to 35 and sell out some weeks. I mean, Premier Premier League football is obviously, there's far greater appeal. So you would sell it out in, in, in that league. It depends then if you were to drop down in the championship. I don't think we'd sell out, sell 35,000 tickets a week then. Um, but it's something that I know that Norwich are looking into. The, one of the big things that Stuart Webber wanted to leave as his legacy was leaving Colney, our training ground, as a, as a far better facility. That's and he done, isn't it? Loads of money into that, yeah, funded by fans, and that's now been all paid back. So that's done. The next step is probably um, expanding Carrow Road, which is a massive, massive task. David McNally wanted to do it in his seven-year plan, I think it was. That never quite materialised. Stuart's probably looking at a similar thing, but the expense that it, it is, we're talking like tens of millions of pounds mm. to expand it. So, you know, it's either do you want... Do you want Ricky Van Wolfswinkel or do you want an extra stand above the city stand? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, look, I think if the, the Carrow needs to be made bigger, I think um, we just need to time it really well. I just think, you know, when, when you look at it, OK, it's out on a limb. But if it, you know, if it was if it was bigger and it was full and I mean, for God's sake, just sell a few more away tickets if it's not going to be yeah, full. If you're in the yeah. in the Premier League, it'll be it'll be full anyway. I, you know, you don't you don't see how the upside couldn't be any different for say a, a northeast club, which is like oh, it's difficult to go there. They're the only one yeah, up true. there. Do, do you know what I mean? I think there's. Yeah. I think, but I can tell you all about because David Cheapshanks, um, his legacy was he's going to build up the Churchmans and the North Stand, and we've got the right size ground if we're in the top six of the Championship. But then. If you um, in season 106 of McCarthy Ball at home to whoever on a Tuesday night at Barnsley and there's <laughs> 11,000 and there's genuinely genuinely Ipswich fans taking pictures of the stands to see how much they're fudging the attendances because um, we we all thought there was less than 11,000 in there. So I remember I, that actually. That was last season, wasn't it? When oh no, it's two seasons two seasons ago. The att- attendances were fine. Um, they they went went up a fair bit last season. Um, yeah. Post McCarthy, but God, there were some, there were some Tuesday, Tuesday nights there. God, where you look around. But top news, Jack, the back of the North Stand has been cleaned. My, <laughs> my club what, after during lockdown. 
<laughs> during lockdown, yeah. And, wow. and Andy Warren, who you probably know, the EADT journalist, yeah. he's been banging on about this for, for clean the roof standards. <laughs> yeah, come on, standards begin and. I, oh, I, so it's just the roof that's been cleaned. I, no, I think they've cleaned the back of it as wow. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's no signings for you this summer. Then it's all been, <laughs> it's all been splashed on on some power spray. Oh God! Wait for the wait for the salary cap to come, and we have to release all <laughs> our players. Yeah, God. Amazing. Right. Let's get another question here. Okay, um, Elliot Waterfield. Which player who you've seen in your lifetime would you take from each other's team? So one Norwich player that you'd take into Ipswich, and one Ipswich player that you'd one Ipswich player that I'd take into Norwich. You can go first. God. Um, so assuming we had to do it in recent times or in the right context, um, we we would have needed to have been built around a whole one one team built around one player. It'd probably yeah. be Madison um, because okay. yeah, it's the. I mean, it's all very well having a super striker or a super defender or a keeper or whatever, but if you have like a number ten or a, a midfield midfield player mm. yeah so that would have been madison under mick who would have probably played him as a second striker um you laugh but when mick has good players the football is a bit different than when he has yeah. jordan spence and um jonas nudson at fullbacks and when i probably yeah probably um in the context of you know comparing the two clubs at the same time obviously you could say chris sutton um yeah. but that was at a time when we weren't terrible and in league one and you know unable to compete in the championship probably probably madison madison's the best norwich player i've seen since bellamy probably which was late 90s wasn't it had he gone before yeah madison yeah it was late 90s who was the winger that you had on loan under mick um, we had two good ones. We had Tom Lawrence, who's at Tom Derby Lawrence, now, and Ryan Ryan Fraser was was a joke. Yeah, it was yeah. way too. That was like a cheat. That was like Villa having Tammy Abraham. It was a yeah, wasn't, yeah, wasn't fair, you know. Tom Lawrence, he was very exciting. What, what, where's he? What's he doing nowadays? I haven't heard. Tom of Lawrence, that. he's trying not to get involved in um, drunken nights and car crashes with Richard um, oh, Richard Keogh cool. anymore. But um, no, he's um, he obviously had that. Um, was involved in that and we'll, if we're going on the internet we should tread very carefully about how we speak about that yes. um as i'm sure your journalism qualifications will tell you <laughs> but no i think i think he's had a lot of damage to his reputation i think in the championship he can be a good player obviously yeah. fraser if bournemouth are relegated i think will get a big a big move um I yeah think he's i can't ex- even remember him playing for you why why can't i remember that a big jack this is ipswich he got injured um we had him so this is the season after we lost to you in the playoffs. So this is fifteen sixteen. Really? Um, yeah, we were we were top of the league after probably five or six games, and um, he had a really good thing going with Freddie Sears. Because um, yeah. Freddie's only as good as the players you you kind yeah, of put yeah. around him, you know. Um, and they were moving the ball nice and quickly, and we just just brought Brett Pittman in, but obviously he wasn't oh. a Mick a Mick type of player, so. Um, yeah, and yeah, well, we know how the story's gone since then. But he was he was great, Jack. And it's when you get a when you get I don't know Norwich history with with loan players really, but when, you know when you're in the Championship, you can mm. you can get that player um, who you would never be able to 
afford. We had Gio DeSantos, for God's sake, under, yeah. under Jim McGilton. He's just way too good for us, you know. That, that reminded me of an article I saw last night. It's amazing how sometimes you just forget certain players played for the club. <laughs> it was like 10 players that you forgot played for Real Madrid. And I was looking at it, I was like... Thomas no, Graveson? I can't remember. Amazing. Jonathan um, Woodgate? Yeah, Woodgate. Yeah. Um, one player that I'd take in Norwich from Ipswich, it was really surprising when we did our last video and we were doing our combined 11. I thought Darren Bent was going to be an absolute certainty mm. for you. I'd take Darren Bent. I, m- I must admit, I've only really seen highlights from his time at Ipswich, but whenever I watched him for whatever club he was at, he was really exciting. I just loved the way that, that Darren Bent played. And Norwich haven't really had a striker who's really quick and powerful and can finish for quite a long while I can't really remember Jerome yeah yeah Cameron Jerome I suppose I don't think he necessarily had the talent of Darren Bent but um yeah I guess he'd be a similar a similar kind of player but yeah I I I really loved watching Darren well we we struggled didn't we doing that because we were just constantly having this debate of do we judge the player on what they did at our club or what they did after. And you made a really good point that, you know, oh, screw your Marcus Stewart and your Timu Puki and Darren Bent kicks all their asses on scoring tons of goals in the Premier League for, for, for many, many years. I think it's just, I think for Ipswich fans, Stewart um, will always be associated with a promotion with scoring the goals in the first leg of the semi-final and then the 20 odd goals in the, in the Premier League, whereas Ben, we missed out twice in the playoffs when he was there, yeah. and yeah, I I think you always go always go with your emotions, don't you? So, but yeah, no, it's a, and you can't see that as an um the same way that an outsider can sometimes. You can't see it objectively, can you? It's no, like, uh, and and until we get promoted to the Premier League again, Marcus Stewart will be my favourite player because how yeah. can any, how can anyone top it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? So Yeah, I suppose it's a, similar with, for us is Lewis Graben. If you're a neutral, you look at him and go, scored a lot of goals for Norwich, important goals for Norwich and, and did relatively well. Norwich fans look at him and go, well, he kind of betrayed us when, when we needed him most and, and kind of let us down. So yeah, emotions do get in the way of, uh, of, of looking at, at talent, I think. Um, yeah, question from your end, Ben. Yeah, this is um, Paul M, who's got Paul McCartney in his as his profile picture. Um, I don't know if it is to Paul. Wanted to hear what <laughs> Reeve and Bloom have to say. Best goal you've seen scored against your team? I'll start. Lewis McGugan's free kick against us for Forest. Literally unbelievable. Love the new series. I have to confess, Jack is actually kind of likeable. And I won't read the next bit. <laughs> I love how he just said kind of likeable. Like, he might make his mind up that I'm... I'm actually likeable in a few episodes, but I'm, I'm Go with that. Take what really you can get, fair. man. Take what you can get. Best goal <laughs> scored against your team. Actually. I remember that the Lewis McGugan guy. He, oh. he had a season, didn't he, where he was just absolutely unplayable. The funniest thing about that, Jack, is there's a slow-mo from behind him and the Ipswich fans are behind the goal. And it's they're watching the ball curl and they're like, that's going in. That's going. How has he scored from there? Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, he was unplayable. I think two goals stand out for me. The, the first one, you can pick any of Luis Suarez's goals. Oh, me. The guy was an absolute joke. He, he was a fantastic <laughs> footballer week in week out, but whenever he stepped out on the pitch, oh yeah, my god, he was unplayable. And one of my favourite. TNC podcast moments was when we had John Ruddy 
on the podcast and he said that there were there were times he was genuinely thinking about faking an injury ahead of football. <laughs> he did not want to play against but him Jack, as soon as it. you've got that in your head, you're done before yeah. you even go out on the pitch, yeah. aren't you? But he was just he was remarkable and I got to see him in the flesh at Carrowed probably three times. I think he scored two hat tricks <laughs> and four goals. In that time, he scored four times against us. Um, oh, he scored from near the halfway line, didn't he? He'd done that about three times. <laughs> it was it was an absolute joke. I think the one that did stood you, out can I just me, ask Jack? Did you applaud any of the goals? Uh, yeah, 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 I did. I did. The, there were great moments. The one where he missed an absolute sitter, and all the Norwich fans were giving him proper. Oh, just for and narrative, that is one of the. Later, he bangs on him from twenty. But Jack, the finish. Miles. With the yeah. out, one touch outside of the foot, and then it's this, oh, the best bit of shithouser you'll ever see. Yeah, there, he was it? just one of them players that really got you know really got got you riled and riled up, but just continually continuously scored great goals. Love it. The one for me was when it was chucking it down with rain. It was back in 2013, I think, around that time. I think he'd only just joined Liverpool, or maybe the season before from Ajax, and. The ball is a long ball up from Steven Gerrard, I think, cleared from um, their box after a Norwich corner. It comes down to Elliot Ward. Elliot Ward missed times the, the touch, but it's not a terrible touch. Luis Suarez snaps in and then just lobs Ruddy from, from the halfway line. And it's just the most remarkable goal. And that sealed it for them that day. And he did that so many times. He was just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Still is a phenomenal player. The other one that stands out, I think you were at the game. I might be wrong. Was the Fernando Forestier goal. <laughs> I was going to mention that. Ridiculous. I've never, seen, ridiculous. I've never seen a ball hit that hard. No. And there was no backlift from, from his leg. It, was, it just came out of nowhere. Uh, to be fair to some Norwich fans around me, okay, you're top of the league, just about to get promoted, so the move was good. To be fair, quite a few Norwich fans applauded that goal. Yeah, no, and, uh, I don't think there was anything else you could do um, because they nearly went on to win that game because Fletcher scored dubious Danny Haynes' goal. Wasn't yeah, it? it was remarkably. Um, it really... should never have counted. And then Mario Vrancic scores that wonderful. The one nine... time I yeah. thought I was going to leave early. Oh, really? And, yeah, so I walked, I was in, what's the what's the Stanley Way fan sitting? The uh, the Gerald's. Yeah, South. so I'm in the yeah. middle of the Gerald's stand, pretty good seat actually. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, because I'm a nerd and I'm doing um, match reviews, I've got the stoppage time on my phone, haven't I? Okay. So I know exactly what's happening. I'm, yeah. I'm that guy. I, I know I look really cool, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just not. So slowly go, slowly go. And then they get the free kick. And I'm oh, stood so you're in... actually walking out. Yeah, so I'm stood okay. in the um, concourse bit. Yeah. And, you know, the, the steward goes, can you, can you move on? Just watch this. So I, I was like, it's, you're like pitch level. So to be fair, I had an amazing view because I think I was about the same height as Vrancic. Okay. was when he took when he took the free kick and obviously yeah. you can imagine I'm an Ipswich fan and he steps up and he puts it in the top corner and I just laughed I'm just like yeah. I, I cannot believe this club I, yeah. I can't I cannot believe this they they <laughs> everything goes but you can imagine that was my that was 96th minute as well and then I had loads of um rows with Norwich fans on YouTube afterwards I was like right he put up four minutes stoppage time <laughs> and you made a sub and he ran off in about 10 seconds and all these Norwich fans are mailing me going, ah, but it's minimum stoppage time. I'm like, I don't care. It's 96 minutes. But to be fair to Vrancic, he, it was about 90 seconds between the free kick being given and him yeah. 
popping it in the top corner. But hey, um, as I said yeah, at the time, yeah, it was a really weird one because you could have been like three nil up in half an hour and then they scored and you got Norwich nervous, didn't you? Yeah, and then they scored again. And it was like, oh God, here we really go. Try here we go. Away. Steve yeah. Bruce, though, isn't it? You did, never an easy game in the championship against Gary Monk, Steve Bruce, Mick McCarthy, Neil Warner. You know, it's never, yeah. you know, you're better than them, but never, those those guys keep getting hired for a reason, don't they? Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. It's very, what about you then, other than McGugan? Um, it's, there's one I need to mention from before I was born was Frank Worthington in the 70s. Just go out of your way if you're a young Norwich fan to look up this goal on YouTube. He's playing for Bolton. If you don't know anything about Frank Worthington, he's like the classic smoking, womanising 70s footballer who didn't train and then just did stupid things. But the ball's being cleared. The entire Ipswich defence is all coming out. He takes a touch, does two kick-ups, lobs the ball over his head... All the Ipswich defence step up. It's, it's incredible. And then he volleys it in past wow. the keeper. That acknowledges the best goal ever scored against Ipswich. The best one I've seen is um, Leighton Baines for... And again, yeah. look at this one. Leighton Baines for Wigan um, in a brilliant game for us. Darren Bent scored in this game. He went top of the league at Christmas 2005 and then didn't get promoted. So big callback to the ITV digital thing. And then we've been in ruins ever ever bloody since but Leighton Baines scores the if you looked up Thunderbastard in the dictionary <laughs> all it would need to say is Leighton it's ridiculous Jack it's, and you know when it's you know when it's preposterous where it's like you yeah. cannot shoot from there because you cannot generate enough power in the same way with Forestieri's guy yeah. it just flies in the top corner and yeah there was but that was weird because they was were he top... still playing was he playing left back then or further up the pitch good question that because um, he swapped from right back to he's right footed but played both sides yeah. didn't he um, I don't do you know I don't I think he was playing is he uh, someone will correct me I think he was I think you're right I think he's a right footed left back which was always yeah. always um, strange but um, yeah just ludicrous goals yeah was, he had that season for well a couple of really good seasons for Everton when he was like the first player in your in your fantasy team because he, he was on penalties wasn't he yeah, and I mean, get, if you we, get your clean sheets and the penalty points as well, and we've we've talked about it a lot on here and about um, Aaron's and Lewis and the role of the fullback and um, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe a maybe a forerunner to. But I mean, to be fair, there was always fullbacks who would you know who would get forward and contribute. But I think um, the Liverpool dudes just take it to yeah. A whole new level. Uh, and again, we've talked about players that we forgot played for certain clubs. Completely forgot Leighton Baines and played for Wigan. So another thing oh, I've learned today. Yeah, promoted. Um, good team, yeah. that, Jack. Good team with Robertson, Ellington up front. Yeah, yeah, very good team. Um, I love the people that send in um, sort of statements rather okay. than questions where we can't answer them. But Jules has just said, I love these shows, Jack. Ben Bloom is a top guy, very well informed and respectful. Exclamation mark. <laughs> so thanks, Jules. We we always get statements from people on the TNC podcast. People just telling us about how their day's been, and I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, right. Next question comes from Owen Omega, and he says, "What games in the last decade do you think Ipswich should have won but weren't clinical enough?" I'll go for the one nil loss at home, Madison goal, fans laying on the roof, and the game when we conceded in the last minute to Tim Close. Yeah, I mean he's he's got the two he's got the two obvious ones. There's there's a few, and it's uh, I think we discussed this in the East Anglian Derby special, which you should go out of your way to check out if you um haven't watched already in either yeah. mine or Jack's feeds. Um, Ipswich have bottled 
the derbies for a long time now and I know they're horrible and I know they're nerve-wracking but there's been a lot especially when you've got McCarthy as your manager you know they're going to be tight anyway mm. and I, I saw this question come in and can I say the one thing that everybody forgets about the Tim Closer game mm. a, a minute after Luke Chambers scored Jonas Knudsen was clear yeah. Yeah. and David McGoldrick had a tap-in and yeah. Knudsen not being Martin Waghorn couldn't find a really straightforward pass that um, if you or I were completely fit, had done no running and we were just put in that position. Okay. We haven't just played 90 minutes. Yeah. We would make the pass. Do you know what I mean? Every... It, that's Ipswich's moment of Harry Kane possibly could have yeah, squared it to exactly, Raheem Sterling, isn't it? Exactly the moment. Up. You freeze that and you have your Twitter account of unfortunate football events <laughs> out of context or, or yeah. whatever they are. Um, yeah, they they bottled that one. The 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 um one one draw. Um, oh God, I can't even think. There was so many one. There was like six one one draws yeah. or something. There um, there's just a real sense to uh, the question from Owen, wasn't it? Just yeah. sense that Ipswich have bottled a lot of them. If I got a funny feeling, if they just before Lightner scored in the 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 Paul Hurst Daniel Farker yeah. one, they just held out five more five more minutes there because you scored maybe 13 minutes the thing that always used to get me was Norwich's ability to take the lead without having had any play that kind of showed maybe Ipswich's inferiority complex in in those games but no there's been a few I mean it just used to bug us when when they used to be flat do you know what I mean I think you used that term to talk about the the Madison game where you kind of think let's lose Let's lose and go for it, but mm. um, I suppose history would say that Mick knew what he was knew what he was doing, um, and we, yeah, we just never managed to never managed to snatch one. But definitely, definitely three or four where you'd probably even feel as an Orange fan yeah, oh, we could have could have lost that one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think I think that that Madison one is the one that sticks out for me. I, I, I've said it in another one of these videos, but just walked out of that game feeling really flat, although we'd won in an East Anglian derby and just thought these both of these clubs lack real any real quality. Can I just tell you, from an Ipswich fan, the annoying thing about that is that game was a nothing game mm. and either side could have won it. And I think the thing that was really annoying as an Ipswich fan is that when Madison scored the goal, yeah. oh, we've lost, we're done. That, okay. that was it. Do you know what I mean? It was like, oh, we're done. They've done us yeah. again. You know, scored. I don't remember. It must have been 55, 60. Yeah, it wasn't very late, was six, it? Yeah. So there's plenty of time, you know, get your subs on. Um, that yeah. was the point where we could use McGoldrick as a, you know, as a, you know, kind of creative player or what mm. have you. Yeah, so many, so many missed opportunities. But bleh, there you go. Yeah, right. Let's get another question from you. Um, let's have a look, look, look. Um, oh, I have to read this because um, these guys are very nice to me. Um, Erica, um, oh, yes. say this pod should be called Bloom and Reevesy after Saint and Greavesy, which is um, a callback to the um, early 90s um, yeah. TV football. Um, and those guys, I went to see one of your games at Reading and they bought me dinner. Um, oh, brilliant. Which is very, very nice of them. Um uh, Ian asks, uh, are both Mackham, so he's a Sunderland fan, um, from the championship down, which clubs do you think will be okay? <laughs> he's a Sunderland fan asking you which clubs are going to be okay. Um, sort of from the championship downwards, who do you think is going to be okay? And I'll add my bit onto it, Jack. Who what, do, in who, terms of financially? In terms or? of, yeah, just financially and keeping 
things going and yeah. um who do you think might actually be able to take advantage um from the championship down i tell you who i've really enjoyed watching this season peterborough yeah um i've really liked the way that they've played there's a there's a few peterborough fans in the office and and they've said that they've been to a lot of the games this season they're just really exciting to watch i think they're set up fairly well um swindon have looked really good i've really enjoyed watching swindon play this season although i haven't all of their goals have basically come from low knees haven't they Doyle haven't and... they got haven't they got that fella who's scored like 28 goals or something yeah um is it owen doyle but i think he's on loan from someone in the same division as well which yeah, seems very a very strange yeah um incestuous setup doesn't it yeah let me have a you you go ahead i'm trying to think of of teams off the i haven't looked at them tables for a while so yeah it's ahead. It's just going to be the ones that um, either are able to create more revenue or are running well. And yeah. um, Brentford are, um, Brentford put their results out four days ago. They're, I think they're going to do a Spurs and they're going to build a new stadium and be in profit. So do look I out agree. for, yeah, do look out for Brentford there. Um, okay. um, Paul Warren again. Yeah, right, I was yeah. About to say yeah. yeah, always, always run well. The thing. Um, and, what happens with Coventry, by the way? Um, God knows. Um, yeah. Again, there's lots of um, low knees and they're renting a stadium and all that. Really, <clears throat> really nice side though, um, Jack. You'd, you'd, you'd like yeah, the way, yeah. you'd, you'd like the way they played. And they've got, and I'm going to forget his name, O'Hare. They've got midfielder on loan yeah. from Villa, who's um, really, really good player. Um, but yeah, you'd worry about Coventry, Southend, yeah. um, Macclesfield, oh, South Colchester. Um, yeah. Um, it's 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 going to be the obvious ones for me, the ones that are running well. You just have to worry a little bit about um, as much as I love Bielsa. People like Leeds, who you know they've made this plan and they've got this elite manager in, and they're right at the end of it. But there's a real sense that if they don't get this done now and get that hundred million in, um, yeah. this is going to fold back. And yeah. you know you. You know, you get the idea. Some owners have one really good punt in them, and <laughs> yes. and it's going to last three to four years, and then they're going to have to pass it on. So, yeah, you, you, I mean, you'd worry if they if they were in whatever way denied promotion. I think that could could scupper them, and then you can imagine take take Bielsa out of Leeds with that group of players who are all like a foot taller with him as the manager. That yeah. could that that could be in interesting and not you know and then phillips goes and massively yeah so um but uh, he's got Mackham in his name there ian um you would assume sunderland's ability to draw revenue in league one would mean that they would be okay although yeah. did you see the report from the daily mail the other day saying there was a northern league one player <clears throat> will grig um being paid fifteen thousand six hundred pounds per week basic wow and wow I, I had a guess that it might be Glenn Whelan over at Fleetwood because I think he was a free transfer and he was making like 35 a week. But yeah. That, Fleetwood he was? Um, no, at Villa he was making 35. Uh, okay. God, Jack, they, you saw the Villa wage bill. Didn't yeah. You? Okay. They, they, they were players on the Villa bench making, you know, it's two and a half million, three million a, a, a year. So um, the clubs I really... You know, I, I think I've said this a few times. I really couldn't care less what division Norwich are in next season, whether it's null and void, whether we play it out. I really don't care. All I want is the absolute minimum clubs that go under that, that happen. The clubs I really fear for, like the likes of Stevenage, 
Southend, Macclesfield. I mean, they're in a real, real state if this continues for a little while, which I think it will. So I think it was... Um, is it um, someone Slater on the Athletic? Oh, Matt Slater. He's excellent. Slater. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's good. Yeah. He said something like he expects 10 to 15 EFL clubs to go under. And I can see why. He's, he's smart as well. I don't want him yeah. to be right about that. I really don't yeah, well, want him to be right. I, if you look at any business, whether it's football, whether it's whatever, if you go months and you're simply burning cash, there are going to be issues that you're bringing nothing in and you're still spending the same on rents, on wages, on whatever it is. There is only a certain amount of time that even the most, you know, solid of businesses can can withstand it. So, yeah, these are these are certainly, and yeah, yeah, really worrying times, especially for the for the clubs down in, you know, the the lower echelons. And Jack, even your Lutons and your Rotherhams that appear, Colchester even appear to be doing the right thing. Their their ability to bring in revenue is so limited that even yeah. though they're not spending gargantuan amounts of money and. Yeah. Oh, it's not good. Not good at all. No, no it's not good. Um, right, let's get a question. I think I'm nearly out of questions, actually. Alex Simpson says, uh, having already asked a Hugh Jackman versus Ed Sheeran question, <laughs> I now have to ask Stephen Fry or Charlie Simpson of Busted fame? <laughs> Stephen Fry used to annoy me a bit on QI because <laughs> he came across quite smug. But um, I watched a debate. Um, I sound very... um academic here a debate with him and jordan peterson the canadian dude debating Um, political correctness and stephen fry was amazing he was so he cut through all of the normal um claptrap um i think i think he's a genuinely decent chap who's had some problems early in his life and he's he's a bit of a national treasure now um he is yeah uh charlie simpson now i saw and I didn't I pay. If, if Alex hadn't have put a busted fame here, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> He's from Framlingham, I think. Yeah, is he from Framlingham? Ed Sheeran's definitely from Framlingham. Yeah. Weird that Framlingham has produced these two yeah. um, music behemoths, hasn't it? But I did, um, and I didn't pay for the ticket. Go and see Muck Busted okay. um, in Chantry Park in Ipswich, where yeah. Ed did his. Um, did he do two shows or three? Yeah, well, however however many yeah. million fans he he. Um, he drew and your mate Jake Humphrey, dearie me, get going there. They still couldn't resist having a dig. It's like you're in our own backyard. The guy's wearing an Ipswich shirt. He's an Ipswich fan. He goes to the games. Leave it out, Jake. Stop, <laughs> you know, stop playing to the choir, dearie me. But um, I don't, I don't know him, and I know you do. So, um, yeah, and McBusted was very good, Jack. It was very entertaining. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I've they gone. had like big inflatables and big screens, and they played some fun early noughties pop punk uh, classics and I I had some adult beverages and had a lovely time um no you would um and I know Alex you would you would put Stephen Fry above um Charlie Simpson yeah well I, I very much like Busted and I, and I very much like McFly as well so um yeah wasn't weren't them gigs in that summer that literally every single day was about 30 degrees and just, oh. wasn't it that summer possibly but halcyon halcyon days yeah, I know. I know. Just amazing. Right. I think I think I'm out of question. I did see another question that may that you might. Um... Yeah, I've got I've got a good one. Here. It's, yeah. a, it's another Richard Norwich one, Jack. Um, okay. It's addressed to me, but I'll ask it to you. Um, oh, okay. That doesn't really work because it says, OK, Jack, growing up, Ipswich was the dominant club in the area. If you agree with me, when and why do you think the positions reversed? Mm, well, I think that's probably your 
better suited to ask to answer that one, mate? Um, ITV Digital, Paul Lambert. Okay, I'm going to have to read that that ITV Digital yeah. story because I I know bits and bobs about it. So what um, happens is um, ITV Digital sets up a deal for all of the football league um, TV rights, so they think okay. they've got their own deal. Yeah. Um, Ipswich get relegated along with Derby and Leicester, um, okay. and then the deal goes. So wow. all the basically you've got no broadcast revenue. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, the equivalent now is you get your your solidarity payment, which is four and a half million, and your broadcast revenue in a championship is it's nothing. It's yeah. you know a, a couple of million, but but it's what you've budgeted for. So all of a sudden, you're like you've just said about burning cash. Um, mm. Ipswich, Leicester, and Derby all went into administration. So all yeah. of the three relegated teams, basically, if you got relegated that season you were into administration and because I, you'd planned to spend money you then didn't exactly have. yeah you, you had you had you had signed players or kept players yeah um on the balance sheets and then obviously Ipswich had to sell Haridison and Clapham and Holland etc um and then Joe Royal fought very hard for a couple of years and couldn't quite get them up um mm-hmm. although in terms of the rivalry we were still ahead you're obviously going to go through the dodgy um Glen Roder stuff yeah. and um, be relegated. The day the tide turned is the day that Paul Lambert walked into Carrow Road. And yeah. if anyone disagrees with that, um, okay, opinion. It's, it just seems mightily obvious that the day he walked in there, um, yeah. Nor- Norwich have been, even though you were a division down, something happened and yeah. Gary Carzer talked about it on your show. Um, and then, of course, the next season, 4-1 and 5-1 and yeah. we're now... Marcus Evans is now readjusting. So the ITV digital starts it, I think, because that puts Ipswich on a, you know, imagine being relegated now. And I know, I know you think I babble on about parachute payments. You, you're in a pretty nice cushy position you if, if yeah, you're relegated yeah. now. But imagine being relegated and then put into administration and not having 45 million pounds worth of broadcast money but having zero that was the yeah. situation they were in and yes Ipswich fans are still crying about it 20 years later but it just feels like it's the most Ipswich thing possible that one season you do not want to be relegated to be fair Leicester I know they very catch rich um owners came back from it didn't they um yeah, yeah but yeah. they there was a time when they had Sven as manager and spent yeah. five million on Matt Mills. So they were, yeah. I know you joke plucky little Bournemouth. Yeah. Like plucky little wolves and plucky little Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were, this wasn't, this wasn't Sheffield United, put it that way. But yeah, that, that would be, that would be my take on, on when it, yeah, when I it, think when it reversed, you're probably right. There was a similar thing with, with kind of broadcast money, maybe not quite coming through with Norwich. Of, of, was it 25th? No, 20, whenever we last got relegated under, um, Adams. Uh, yeah, under Adams, and if we would have stayed up for another season, oh, don't did it go up like that was when the renegotiation oh, okay. of the of the broadcast deals happened, and and I Norwich fans don't really talk about it too much anymore, but I think there was a feeling at the time that if we would have survived that season, and then pulled in that I think it was like triple the money or something stupid. <laughs> um, we maybe could have established ourselves as a, as a Premier League club. Although we came up this season and expected to establish ourselves as a Premier League club. And it never the, quite happened. So, the conversation we, we had today um, in the Fabled Blue Monday WhatsApp group yeah. um, is just the feeling that over the last 20 years, Ipswich have been hapless and, quote, in the wrong place at the, at the wrong time. And Norwich have been 
very, and I mean this in a as a compliment, very ruthless, and mm. even down to David McNally not letting Paul Lambert leave the leave the stadium without basically um, you, you're coming to manage us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your next game is not going to be for Colchester. Um, they've been very ruthless, even going and getting Stuart Weber. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And um, and they've and I said I'm sure we'll get comments saying, oh well. One has one has run the club well, and one has run the club not well. And yes, you can argue that, but there just does seem to be a feeling that um, Ipswich try this stuff and it doesn't work, and Norwich yeah. do it and have one good season, up they go, promoted. Do you know what I mean? That's the yeah. that's the feeling from um, that when you guys get it right, bosh, yeah, out champions. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, when, I when we get it wrong, by God, do we, <laughs> you know, like Paul Hurst and Roy Keane and. And um, Paul Jewell just hiring the wrong guys other than other than McCarthy for, for years. And also Norwich being really, like I say, ruthless. Sack, sack managers quickly. Do you know yeah, what I mean? The, and get them the, out. The one that I think being ruthless, the one um, hire that I think Delia probably puts down as her, as her worth was Jez Moxie. And what position months, did he hold? He was the, well, basically Stuart. So he was like director. He was chief exec at Wolves, was he? He was, yeah, and Wolves fans hated him. And then, well, I think he's at like Burton or somewhere now. Okay. But we paid him a whole shed of money to get rid of him because it was like, we just need to, you know, cut our losses early doors. And then after Moxie, um, Stuart came in and, and the rest is history sort of well, thing. Is, was... Am I right, Jack? Was, is, yeah. is Weber's wife working for you beforehand? Yeah. So, so, so some it, Ipswich fans believe that Norwich are that calculating. Right, get his wife in first. And now yeah. we'll now we'll get him, won't we? You know. Well, there's there is kind of truth in that. I mean, it was it was McNally that brought Zoe in from Fulham, I think. I think she was at Fulham because so David. So what does she do? So oh, I'm gonna sound. She is some kind of executive. Yeah, so she was responsible for bringing Louis Suarez into Liverpool. So she was at Liverpool, then I think went to Fulham, then Fulham to Norwich, I think. So she handles a lot of contracts and player negotiations and things like that. She's very, I actually sat next to her at a dinner and she's very, very impressive, like mm. really switched on. But I think a lot of people think it was Stuart at the club first and then Zoe came in. It was the other way around. Zoe was at the club for quite a while before Stuart came in. But I think Zoe had a uh, had an influence in bringing I could Stuart just imagine in. very dry intellectual conversations over dinner with those two, can't you? Yeah, I mean, Stuart. How was work today, Stuart. darling? Oh, I'm taking over the world, darling. Oh, I did lots of legal stuff, darling. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Oh God, no, they're they're a very very good uh, very good couple for sure. And there was another question I haven't got it written down, so apologies. I can't remember who aren't who asked it, but it was something along the lines of, would Mick still be at the club if it wasn't for that game in which Close scored the last minute winner and he told your fans to. Go away in a, Oscar. in a slightly ruder... Uh, I don't uh, think he would, no. I think he'd positioned himself um, where he knew it was the right time to go. And he spoke about it in the press conferences. He even said, I've got to look after the Mick McCarthy um, brand. Um, okay. And I think for him, the timing of getting out was important, even literally down to which game. It's no coincidence that he, he quit after a midweek win that bumped us up two places in the table. So for the next years, he can say, I left them in 12th place instead of in 14th yeah. place or, or what have you. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. And um, I don't want to be revisionist about Mick because I was, I was upset at him at the time because I felt that he turned, 
I felt he'd made the fans look silly and I felt that he turned press and stuff against us. And then for a year, we had to put up with um, Ipswich failing and yeah. people like blaming the fans. And it's like, look, of all the people who are innocent and not, you know, don't have a go at us. For God's sake, we turn up year after year after year and, you know, it's, it's not been good for 15 years. So I was upset at him. If I were him, would I have done the same thing? And I was... I was in as deep as he was, probably. You know, yeah. you defend your, you defend yourself. He is, he's smart though. He, yeah. if you look how clever his, um, you know, right, I'll get out. I'll take an international job. Just get me away from this for a little while. And then he even manages to be paid off from the international job at a point where it's not finished. So if it, if it goes well, I did the groundwork. Yeah. If they don't get, oh, if I'd have been there. And yeah, yeah, yeah Jack, you know, um, Gary Monk. Lose a few more games. Sheffield Wednesday, Cardiff, Borough. In goes Mick. You yeah. know he's going, and you know his first season's always really good. My um, my ultimate nightmare though was that he would be back the next season, and okay. he definitely would have won at Portman Road, wouldn't he? <laughs> One nil with a goal from a corner. Wouldn't have celebrated yeah. it, but no, I don't. I I think it had. And this is what the people from the outside didn't really understand. I think it was. It was done. It had okay. run its it had run its course. Um, and what people still don't understand is that Mick going is not the cause of the collapse. The cause right. of the collapse was Mick going allied with the succession planning, the sales of Webster, Waghorn, Garner, and Selena yeah. all in one go. Let's sell all our goals and um, <laughs> you know bring in an untried manager. Just the succession planning was dreadful, absolutely yeah. dreadful, and. Um, yeah, uh, and Fair would enough. I would I rather be 12th in the championship? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> right, I am out of questions. I think yeah, well, I think we probably better yeah. we better call it quits there. Um, anyway, Jack, because yeah, we've been I'm... going a little while, haven't we? Um, there were a few um, uh, videos that people wanted us to make in the comments, so there will be more of these. Don't you worry, we'll probably be back again next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're watching on Talknering City, then links to Ben's channel will be in the description below. I know a few of you wanted to uh, to head over and watch some of his more financial-based uh, videos, <laughs> so head over there. And um, yeah, any any last words, man? Oh, I just feeling bad because I don't link your channel in my thing now, but I. I, I will do so. You've got like a million subscribers anyway. So um, yeah, go to, go to Jack's channel. Um, talk, talk Norwich city um, yeah, where, that's... where you'll see the excellent Jack thank you and the excellent much. Chris. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again very soon. Bye-bye.